Welcome back, Bears fans. This Thursday edition of the CHGO Bears podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app, use promo code CHGO when you sign up. What is going on, everybody? As I mentioned, it's Thursday, a.k.a. the CHGO Audible Day, your weekly in-depth game preview, all aimed to make you the most informed Bears fan on game day. Nick, how's it going? Love the jacket, and I'm just excited because today's a huge day for CHGO and really just all city in general. I appreciate it, Will. And yeah, it's it's a really exciting day taking it to the next level here at at CHGO and everything that we're doing. But I'm doing I'm doing great, Will. How are you? I'm doing fantastic. Uh, the baby had his first birthday yesterday, officially one years old, and it's been a, a great week. And I appreciate you coming out on Saturday to kind of celebrate with us for his party. Uh, but yeah, Brandon in the chat says your jacket is sick. Jammer J says this is the best show of the week. And I think those are two accurate statements to kind of start things off here in the chat. But Nick, we kind of just alluded to it. Today's just a huge day for CHGO, All City in general. And I just want to let our listeners know like what I mean by this. So starting today, the CHGO members, the family members, they are now officially diehards. And this, there's like a lot of changes going on with our membership right now on our website. The first and most important thing I want to mention is like our paywall by and large is down. All of like Nick's articles, my articles, like free to the public, everything else that you'll see, most things are free for you to read now on our website. The pesky paywalls down, except for a few pieces of quote diehard content like Adam Hogue's Bears Things. Those kind of qualities uh, pieces are still going to be behind a paywall for diehards only. Uh, by signing up, you can get those directly in your inbox. I've been working really hard behind the scenes to get all this automation in place. Whenever Adam writes the things, it's going to be in your inbox every single week. We added a lot more perks to our uh, membership, our diehard package as well. So first thing, you get a free shirt when you sign up, but you also now get one every single year at Renewal. I mean, that pays for itself. Your CHGO shirt of choice at Renewal each and every time. Want to save more money? Get 20% off all CHGO merch all the time, always. You have a special code inside your diehard dashboard on the website. You also get 20% to all off all events, which is like our tailgates, our watch parties, our takeovers at games. Uh, I know we want to do one for the Bears eventually. We have some coming up here for some of the other sports. Mm -hmm. Stay tuned for those, but hang out with us at a game. Come hang out with us at a tailgate. Now you can get 20% off all of those as a diehard. You also get members-only diehard merch. You get a physical diehard card to put in your wallets, your purses, and premium content, like I said, in your inbox, like Adam Hoag's Bears Things. And of course, our Discord, that social channel that we all get to talk to uh, everyone all of the time. I know, Nick, you kind of got most of the details over the last couple of days. What are your thoughts about our new and improved diehard program? Yeah, when I saw obviously the the trailer for it yesterday, I'm like, what is going on here? I know you've been working on some things back there, Will, and to see it all come, you know, out today, I I was blown away by just the appearance, everything that we're doing. Again, taking things to the next level here at CHGO Sports, and you know that's what you should expect from all of us here to to take things to the next level in terms of content coverage just what we want to do to interact with everybody that supports us. But it's been it's been awesome, Will. So I uh, appreciate all the hard work that you put into it. I know that doesn't just come overnight, but really appreciate everything you did and everybody else that was involved in really making this happen. 
Thanks, man. No, it's been uh, a lot of work to say the least, but like the best work possible. It's been great to kind of flex some of those marketing digital muscles that I have that I built up over the years and do it for you know a company that I'm proud to work for here at All City and CHGO. So head over to our website, uh, allchgo.com. You can go slash diehards, uh, and then they'll take you right to the link to kind of learn more uh, about this too. Uh, everything's in the menu. Heck, hit up all of our social media and you'll, you'll see it anywhere you go right now. But uh, that's what I wanted to make sure we started today's episode with. But Nick, you know what we have to do. We have to preview a Chicago Bears game. This is what we do every single Thursday. I'm excited. I, I know the Bears haven't been able to win over the last few weeks, but still watching this offense put up points, watching Justin Fields continue to progress, like still gets me excited to do these preview shows. You have not, we've had years in the past where we get to this point of the season and we're like, Oh God, like we, ha- we have to break down another opponent. Like why? And like ripping out her hair. But I still think this feels completely different. I don't know about you, but that's where it is for me. No, absolutely. We have been at this point in the season where we know the bears are out of playoff contention. It's just, it's, it's a drag until the end of the season. Then you're looking forward to the next year, but there's still a lot of meaningful football to be played. That means a lot to the current Bears players. And obviously there'll be a lot of changes, but especially for Justin Fields, like they're every game counts. So each time we get to do a preview, I'm excited to look forward to see what he can do. And ultimately this team as they kind of progress in Matt Eberflus's first year as head coach. All right, let's get into this preview uh, real quick. If you haven't yet, smash, shatter, bust, break to pieces that like button. We want to see that number go up. And of course, Nick and I love answering your Bears questions at the end of mm-hmm. these episodes. So if you're right now and you're in chat, if you have a Bears question that comes to mind, throw it on in. Joey, our awesome producers in the back end, he will be starring those up throughout the entire episode. That way we can pull up those wall save receipts uh, at the end and answer your questions at the end of the show. Nick, to kick things off, what's your Bears Falcons one liner? Homecoming. Homecoming is the one liner for me. What about you, Will? Eh, I don't know. Like, that's what, like, eh, is where I kept coming to. Like, I watched three games. Uh, of this Falcons team and they don't really worry me in many ways, but at the same time, the bears have found ways to not finish games, beat themselves. So it's going to be a game regardless, but still like it's an underwhelming, I think matchup when you look at like the players on paper outside of like Justin Fields. No, I get that. I was watching uh, again, like you watching the film on this Falcons team. Yeah, it's not a it's not an exciting unit to be completely honest. And um, we'll we'll break down some of the players that we need to keep an eye out for. But I completely get that. Mike G throwing out the Bears bros in the chat. Appreciate you, Mike. It's time to get into our offensive keys this week. Bears Falcons offensive keys for success for Chicago. Nick, you're up. Key number one. Yeah, key number one. Just watching last week's Falcons Panthers game on, on Thursday Night Football. I think the Bears have an opportunity to attack the edge on this Falcons defense. They had trouble against the Panther Panthers, containing the edge, gave up a forty-one yard touchdown to Lavisca Chenault on a quick pass to the flat. Doesn't it, you know the receivers for the Carolina Panthers block well, but just some of those Falcons defenders just running into each other downfield, making uh, that play possible, but. You're also going to see some trust in Ebner in this game. And I know just from talking to him yesterday, he really, if the way to get him involved and he credits his ability to be a pass catcher and, you know, Will, I looked up your 
player preview all the way back when wow. from all CHGO. Yeah, to, to find out that, you know, 12 yards per reception mo led the most out of any uh, qualifying uh, running back that got drafted. So that's an area where he feels like he can get comfortable in the game plan and just attacking the edge, putting these defenders in conflict with space. And for, for a guy even like Tristan Ever, who we don't know how many opportunities he's going to get, but he said if he gets an opportunity to be one-on-one -on -one with somebody, he's not looking to truck him, even though he's capable of that. He's like, I'm looking to make a move to, to you know, kind of dance around somebody to get those yards after the catch or yards after contact. But I think you can attack these Falcons defenders on the edge and make some things happen out there in space. Oh, man, I'm glad you're bringing up Ebner. I'm excited for his opportunity. I'm still very disappointed and just upset that the Bears are without Khalil Herbert. But at the same time, this is football. It's next man up. And Ebner is someone that in preseason and training camp did make a little bit of buzz just due to how the Bears have been structured on offense. Haven't seen him uh, all too much. Uh, and when he's been out there, has been overly impressive. But at the same time, he hasn't had much of an opportunity to kind of get into uh, a flow, which I don't know why I'm beating around the bush. This is perfect for my first key, which is just overcome the loss of Khalil Herbert. And I'm not going to sugarcoat it. This is a big deal losing Herbert. He's the Bears' most productive running back this season, tied for six in the league in yards per carry at six. And we just know how impactful he's been finding big pickups on the ground in key moments. But now he's officially sidelined for at least four weeks. David Montgomery, he averages less than two-thirds of the yards per attempt of Herbert at 3.8 this season, half of the amount of touchdowns. Montgomery's long is 23. Herbert has had four runs of 20 plus. He's also gone for 40 or more twice, which is tied for the second most in the entire NFL. Justin, by the way, uh, is up there too. So there's just a lot that the Bears need to figure out here without Khalil Herbert. And of course, he's accounted for multiple first downs per game on the ground. Uh, Justin being the dynamic rusher that he is, that's going to help. Luckily, the Bears have him, but you know that the Falcons are going to do their best to limit him. And to that, I, I still say good luck. Uh, you mentioned Treston Ebner, 18 attempts so far this season, only 2.6 yards for each of those attempts. But he should have more chances to get comfortable, make plays. Nick, I know you had a great article that you were just referencing a little bit ago with your conversations with Ebner. And the Falcons, just defensively, they allow the seventh most rushing yards per game over the last three weeks at 164. And they allow in the same span about 4.6 yards per Per pop, like they're not great. So whatever the Bears do, like they can't have the run game become non-existent just due to the fact that Khalil Herbert's out with an injury. Does it make it more complicated, difficult? Yes, but they need to find a way to overcome this. I believe they have the players, the personnel, the play calls in place. They just have to get more of out of Monty Ebner, and of course Justin just needs to be conti uh, continue being as special as he has been on the ground. So that's my first key. I have a couple of other keys that are going to almost be the opposite of this, which is weird to say, but I'm just going to let people stew on that for a minute. Nick, what's your second key on offense? Yeah, I think when we look at this Bears team, even in the last couple of weeks with the losses, the Bears need to learn how to finish games. That's what something that was something that Justin Fields mentioned in his press conference yesterday. Like when it comes to two minute drills at the end of a game, they have an opportunity. The Bears need to find a way to finish those opportunities. Cole Komet has talked about it. You've had Matt Eberflus talk about it. So this team knows that they're capable of winning these games that are are that all have been close, right? So that's going to be the next key. If this does end up being a game where you're going to the fourth quarter, it's a one score possession. The Bears need to find a way to capitalize on offense and make sure that they're 
you know, all facets of the offense, a passing attack, rushing attack, the protection, wide receivers are running the same route. They just need to learn how to finish these games. And I know there's been, you know, talks wherever you look, well, does it really matter if the Bears win or lose? In the long run, will this impact Justin Fields? I don't think so. He's he's a confident guy. He's going to do what he's going to do regardless of the result of the game. But you would like to see the Bears come out on top with one of these close games. And if they just learn how to finish against an opponent that they they stack up really well against, I think that does do some good things in the long run for, for not just Justin Fields, but this Bears team. Because it's not just about Fields being able to to overcome some of these obstacles. A lot of these other players too, but I think it, it starts with this game. And if it's a close possession uh, down in the fourth quarter, let's see if the bears can finally come out on top. And it's more than just players. It's coaches too, right? Like mm-hmm. this is a full team effort, you know, on the sidelines, whether you're a coach or a player, I, I feel like any, everyone's involved here in terms of finishing. Uh, no, absolutely. That's a really good. I was about to get uh, you I know, know I liquid death you. here, but that's a really good point about the coaches too, because it seems like when it's in crunch time, you know, you got to see how some of these guys can react to those high pressure situations. But I'm really glad you brought that up. All right, let's get to my second key, which again, my first key was all about the Bears being able to overcome Khalil Herbert. Another way they can do this, it's just by airing it out. And again, like you need to become and remain one of these top tier rushing teams in the league. But my second key, all about the passing attack because the Falcons are, and I'm going to quote my own notes because I love my own phrase, piss poor at defending the pass, (laughs) Nick. They really are. They allow the second highest completion percentage at 68.6 the most passing yards per game at 280, the second most yards per passing attempt at 7.4, the most passing first downs allowed per game at 13.8, and they don't have a lot of pass rush. They have the second fewest sacks per game at 1.3. That's worse than the Bears if you want a comparison. And over the last three games, it's dropped down to 0.7. So they have not been able to really put a lot of pressure on quarterbacks. So looking at the Bears, they have had the second fewest pass attempts over the last three weeks. We know they've been ground heavy all year long, but I want to see that number go up here this week. This is a great opportunity for Justin to learn how to grow as a pastor. Keep those, and I'm going to quote Justin here, heavy legs feeling a little bit more fresh this week. And Now, in order for this to happen, first and foremost, the Bears need pass protection. I just mentioned the Falcons don't have much of a pass rush. For the love of God, give Justin a, a pocket to actually work with, to climb, to sit here, to go through his reads, because there's been pass plays that have been called that he's had to run or scramble because the protection breaks down a little bit too quick. And on top of that too, these playmakers on the outside, these receivers, running backs, tight ends, they need to get some separation. They need to get open too. This is everybody. It's not just Justin. And that's why I want to make sure I I brought out here. I'm looking at this game as a game where, and I watch this Falcons defense. I, I just feel like you can have the ball come out quick. I want to see this offense be on schedule and rhythm through the air. If you're looking at a specific player to go after, especially down the red zone, AJ uh, Terrell, seven passing touchdowns surrendered. That's a team high. Love that graphic right there. The him Justin Fields graphic, just <laughs> beautiful. Sweet. It's sick. Uh, and then just when I look at this Falcons defense in the secondary, they just tend to give up big plays through the air. They can also be penalized or touching in coverage. I, I know it depends on the officiating to actually understand what defensive pass interference is against <laughs> Chicago Bears, wide receivers, tight ends. Uh, but I will uh, digress right there. So that's my second key. Anything you want to add to that before I get to my third? 
No, well, uh, so you talking about that passing attack, uh, I'm definitely going to touch on that in a little bit here. Um, really quickly, I saw that we got a super chat from Kiki over here. He says, hey, Nicholas, are you excited for the Last of Us TV show HBO coming out? I love that game. Yes, I'm excited for that. Oh, my. That's perfect for, uh, you know, a representation in, in a TV show because the game plays like a, an actual movie. So I'm really looking forward to that coming out and, and watching that. Um, but to move on to now my my third key for this game, limit the mistakes, Will. And whether that's that's in penalties, the Bears were penalized nine times for 86 yards. And, you know, when you look at some of those, uh, they should have definitely been called on the Bears for, for what they're being penalized for. But you also had the pick six. You had the mix, missed extra point. And if you could take those things or limit them, just limit them. Take away the pick six. The Bears win the game, most likely. Um, the penalties, the holding on Braxton Jones on the very first drive, that oh, it wasn't really a holding call. But just some of these minuscule things that can really impact drives, you start to take those away and become the, the disciplined football team that the Bears are. I think that what we saw last week against the Lions was very uncharacteristic of them, even though, like I just mentioned, those penalties, a lot of them were very ticky-tack fouls that were called against them. but the Bears, if they don't put themselves in that situation even remotely, they're not going to get called for it. But if they can do that, just limit mistakes, man, the, the Bears are the only – they're the they're getting in, in front of themselves, kind of impacting their drives. They can get away from really affecting how they play. Then you're, you, you'll see the passing attack come alive. You'll see the rushing attack do what it's been doing. But limiting those mistakes in whether it's penalties – turnovers however you want to put it the bears can do that that's going to be huge for them coming out on top against the falcons i mean mistakes limiting mistakes execution or just all three you know those are those big things i've been hearing coming out of house all really all week long so my third key and my second key man i'm, I'm just stacking and building on top of one another right now so i want the bears to air it out as i mentioned on top of that, I want to see them spread the wealth. To me, that's another key here because they've gotten good production out of Darnell Mooney and Cole Komet over the last few weeks. They had eight catches, 131 yards combined, and two touchdowns last week. Of course, both of those came from Cole Komet. But I want to see some others get involved here. Chase Claypool, especially just become part of this offense. Uh, only four catches uh, by Bears not named Mooney or Komet last week. No other Bear besides those two had more than one catch. So it was like they had their catches and this is one, 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 one. And then really the same thing the other week, except Claypool had two catches. But outside of that, it was just Mooney and Komet. It's getting a little bit too predictable for my liking. I love watching Komet kind of break out and explode here. We just need other people to step up. The Bears really have struggled to find production when they look elsewhere from 85 or 11. So again, Quick passing game, easy breaking routes that create leverage, just force the defense to defend other players. Now, you know, a part of this is play call and design, and a part of this is just Justin having some trust in these other players, too. And the biggest part is that these other players, like I said earlier, when those routes get open, Justin hasn't been taking many chances. He's been taking care of the football. They just need to get it open and allow Justin to find them. And the Falcons defense, when I was watching them, Nick, and maybe you saw the same thing, but I, I seem like they like to shell it up a lot, you know, play back yep. and allow teams to beat them underneath, and then they're going to trust themselves to go up there and make a tackle you can pick apart this defense with dinks and dunks and i mentioned lackluster pass rush so the guys if you get fields a pocket to work with 
give them time to go through that progression. It's a really good combination to have with a defense that plays back and a team that can get after the quarterback. You should be able to spread the wealth in a game like this. And you'll see it like that teams have been able to do this against the Falcons too. Nobody, when you look at like their defense and who's been targeted, there's not that one guy or two guy that's been targeted way more than anybody else. They're all around the same range, like 25 to 40 targets each. It's because the offense has been able to just pick on every, uh, every defender off and on throughout it and find production. So that's what I want to see from the bears. And you can just find consistent success this way too. watching that chargers game at one point, uh, Justin Herbert had 10 straight completions and nothing was special. It was just mm-hmm. underneath throughout here, crosser there, quick out there, hit you in the flat, and then are able to make some plays after the catch and move down the field. So I just want to see the Bears spread the wealth, air it out this week. And if you do that, you should be able to overcome the loss of Khalil Herbert. Yeah, I think so, Will. I, yeah, what you mentioned about, you know, you can really, your offense should be completely open against this Falcons defense. I'll put it that way. They're, they're big guys that I think you need to worry about are, are Jared probably inside, like some of their interior defenders. But in terms of what you want to do as an offense, if you're Luke Getze, you're thinking, all right, let's open this thing up because there isn't that much, I would say, threats along the three levels of this defense. And if you could do that, then we might see that passing game really explode this game. All right. Switching sides of the ball. Let's look at this Bears defense. And let me go ahead and kick things off here this week because why not? Let's actually have me start off a key. So my first key in defense, I'm going with discipline. It's an issue for this defense, uh, as we know, and whether it's gap integrity, run fits, getting in penalty trouble, you name it. There's just been a lack of discipline from this unit. And the reason why it's more important this week is that the Bears be going up against Marcus Mariota, which... He is a passer versus him as a runner are two totally different things. But what I wanted to mention about Mariota right now is that just his ability and his athleticism does give the Bears a few extra wrinkles that they're going to just have to overcome because the Falcons are going to test and stress this Bears defense with options, mm-hmm. uh, read options, RPOs, motion, misdirection, play action, you name it. Like They're going to try to have this Bears defense over-pursue one way and hit them in the other direction. The edges must contain. If you have a chance to make a play in the backfield, you know, actually break down and make the tackle. Don't get sloppy with your technique and allow them to run right by you and gain additional yards down the field. Linebackers, they can't get sucked up in these play fakes too much. They need to be able to get their appropriate depth, make those right reads. Just play smart football and play within your assignment. And if they don't, the Falcons will be finding themselves with easy pickups, moving their way downfield with ease. And this is an offense that primarily can move the ball pretty effectively on the ground, and they're going to get lead blockers in space too. So if there's a guy or two out of position, if you're unable to get out there and contain the edge and you have those lead blockers in space, it's just way too easy for them to get you know, good gains on the ground due to those guys paving the way. And the run defense, Nick, it was fine last week, but really the defense mm-hmm. did get carved up on play fakes. They gave up 10 of 13 through the air and a touchdown every single time Jared Goff dropped back to pass off a of play fake. So just, again, overall discipline, I think it would be huge for the Bears this week. Definitely will, uh, will, will. Um, but going into my, you mentioned Jared Goff. What the Lions were able to do last week was attack the middle of this Bears defense. That's exactly what the Bears need to prevent from happening in this game against the Atlanta Falcons. When I was watching, when they did have some limited success against the Panthers in that Thursday night game, Mariota was hanging in the pocket, throwing behind those linebackers in front of the safety in the middle of those, uh, you know, the Panthers defense there. And that was an area where, again, you look at what the Detroit Lions did. They attacked the middle of that Bears defense. They got some 
some open throwing lanes and were able to complete some passes. Well, Mariota's somebody that if he does have time, he'll hang in there, wait for his guy to get open. Demir Bird caught a, a, a like a 22-yard <laughs> pass over the middle of the field. I'm like, is that? Yeah, of course it's, you know, the former Bears, you know, wide receiver there because it's the Atlanta Atlanta Bears that the, the Chicago Bears are playing on Sunday. So that's something that this defense and, you know, whether it's maybe lack of playmakers, lack of communication, they need to fix up or make those windows a little tighter for Mariota to try to fit a ball in the interior middle of that Bears defense. They can do that. Then you're going to take away a big portion of how they like to pick up their yards through the air. So that's my key for one of my keys for the Bears defense going into this game. Just limiting separation all the way around needs to be a big thing because you and I saw the windows that Tua had to throw against the Dolphins, and I reiterated to you. Mm-hmm. They're against the Lions of all teams, which haven't been able to really pass. They didn't have all of their weapons, and they just allowed St. Brown to just go off, and that, that can't be the case here again uh, this week. So my second key, though, is just put the game in Marcus Mariota's, and I quote, hands, not his feet, his hands, because the strength of this Falcons team is their rushing attack. They have four players with 60 more attempts. They each average 4.3 or more yards per carry, and they combine for 15 touchdowns on the ground. Uh, Tyler uh, Algier, Cordero Patterson, Caleb Huntley, and Marcus Mariota all bring something different to the table on the ground. They can run you over. They can beat you in space. It's going to make life difficult for the defense but if you can limit their ability to run the football you can make them throw the ball which is where they struggle they have really struggled at passing efficiently and effectively Uh, they only have 156.8 yards passing per game which is the third least in the nfl and i know and i just mentioned the bears did get torn apart through the air last week but when you look at what the falcons have been all about you can tell that they just would like to you know pass the ball the fewest amount of times as possible because they're just not comfortable putting it up. He had a good start to the season, but he has struggled as late. The passing game does not look nearly as coherent or as functional, to say the least. They're putting up earlier in the year, they put up a lot of points. But over the last three weeks, they have scored less than 20 in four of their last six game mostly due to that passing attack just dwindling. And the Bears must find ways to get, and I think this is a big key, the Falcons in third and long situations and make Marcus Mariota beat you in that situation with a throw because he hasn't really built much chemistry with Kyle Pitts, uh, and that has not helped the Falcons here on these money downs. So, again, find ways to get them in situations where they can't just keep it on the ground, force them to beat you through the year, especially in third down and in the red zone where they've been much better on the ground than passing. And if you do that and make them beat you with their weakness, the Bears should be able to be in at least a better position uh, on defense and get off the field more times than not. I like that, Will. Um, my second key for this Bears defense, and I've done this a couple times in the past, and it's never happened, but you got to keep on trying, right? The Bears need to take advantage of the Falcons left guard, Colby Gossett. Um, just if you want to go back and watch Thursday Night Football and just watch number 66, he had a rough, rough game, overpowered, beat on inside moves, holding guys, missing blocks. I look at this as an opportunity for the Bears interior defenders to win some some one-on-one matchups. And, you know, I'm looking at guys like Watts or, you know, Justin Jones or those kind of – whoever they decide to rotate on the interior. Like, even sometimes you'll see Gibson going on there, and he's not doing much outside right now. But the Bears just need to win these matchups that are in their favor. 
And if that could happen one time when I actually pointed out, that'd be fantastic. So I'm not <laughs> telling you like I'm crazy or something. That's what I'm seeing on film. So it would be nice to see if the Bears can actually exploit a matchup that, like I said, is in their favor. But number 66, watch, just watch his play. See what the Bears can do there. Again, any, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is. Interior pressure is going to make life a lot more difficult for any quarterback, even if they can scramble and have that ability to make defenders miss. But left guard, 66. Bears defenders, win that matchup. Just win it. You know, it doesn't have to be all the time because that's not consistent enough. But, yeah, maybe even tackle Charlton out there who, you know, obviously just got to the team and maybe – I love the, the graphic on, on the spot there. <laughs> His chain will, I'll tell you that, like being like, what, a foot away from him? Taco Supreme chain, that thing – one, it's expensive. I know that thing is expensive, but it looks it looks heavy too. Like it's crazy. But um, you know, he really owned it, and he was he was really cool at to, to talk with for the first time being there. I asked him about like, do you know what the hits principles are? He's like, I just learned it this morning. So, but he loves what it's all about. That's great. That's really awesome. That was a fun graphic too. Uh, my final key here on defense, and it leads to yours a bit because with the Bears need pressure, it's just blitz, baby. Like, let's just do it. Send extra rushers because a great way to get this Falcons offense to struggle is just to apply pressure on Mariota. The Bears have failed to generate any or any consistent rush. And, and we know this, the front four, they've just been atrocious at getting after quarterbacks. I know you're hoping for a favorable matchup win here, Nick, but I, I'm not going to hold my breath that it can happen in one-on-one -on -one situations. So over the last six weeks, Mariota has been pressured on about 40% of his dropbacks. Uh, his pass rating is only 61% uh, percent right there too. He's had two interceptions, went under pressure in this span. And that's the six most pressures uh, on quarterbacks over the last six weeks and again he just kind of tends to crumble when the heat is on so if the bears can find ways to put the heat on them i just don't know if rushing four is going to do it which is why i want the bears to bring the blitz whether it's brisker you know send gordon on sanborn on morrow on jackson i feel like santa claus there i don't care just speed up the decision making process he already struggles at reading defenses make him uncomfortable his accuracy has been very blah this season and if he gets any sort of pressure it tends to wane even more he's going to give defenses chances he forces throws. He's actually said he forces throws to their media this year, and it's just an Jeez. easy key on defense. Put pressure on him. I, I thought there were times last week when the Bears dialed it up, and it worked. But then they just let, you know, trust the front four again, and it didn't work, and Goff had too much time, and he picked apart this Bears defense. It's really hard to play coverage when there's zero pressure on quarterbacks. Like You only have you know four seconds, and then the receiver's going to find a way to win a route. It's just how it kind of pans out. But that's like my final key is like, you know, if you want to put this game in Mariota's hands, which is my second key, and you end up blitzing and getting pressure on him, then it's just like a win-win situation for this Bears defense. No, no, no doubt about that, Will. And then it kind of ties into my final key here. And if you are a fan of Mortal Kombat, you know uh, this phrase, finish him, right? You hear that, right, when you're about to do a fatality on, on the person that loses uh, the match. But And I look at this as being like a guy like Kyler Gordon who was designed to come off a of blitz and couldn't bring down Jarek off, right? Completely whiffs on the play, gets penalized because he, he missed on the sack because he tried to punch out the football in the end. Travis Gibson had a few opportunities where he could have brought down Jared Goff, didn't. So there are times where Alan Williams is calling the right play. The players just need to execute and finish the, the full effectiveness of what the play can be because there are things that are schemed up, things that can happen, 
and yet the Bears are not able to capitalize. So I'm looking for this defense to put that hits principles to work and finish plays, hustle, intensity, you know, all that good stuff. And if you could do that, then I think you're going to see some more execution. Uh, and so maybe this defense can get off the field a little bit quicker if the individuals on the defense can execute the plays to the best of their ability and finish plays, ultimately, hopefully, leading to less points for the opposing team. I see Rob is 2-0 and in the office ping-pong today. Uh, so he said he's channeling the inner you there and your ping-pong prowess uh, that you always provide. And then I saw a good comment from Jailbreak that says he likes pressure. He's just not sure on how the Bears can handle it uh, with man, just with Jalen Johnson, as we know, hasn't been 100%. He's been a little bit kind of slowed down, and I get that. But it's like damned if you do, damned if you don't. Would you rather put pressure on him and hope that your coverage holds up or rush for sit back in coverage and just allow the quarterback to have enough time to find that open receiver, which I saw a ton of last week up in the bears press box. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a tough situation and that's really why defenses that can't get pressure with their front four tend to struggle most, most weeks to not because it just puts you in a bind one way or the other. All right, Nick, let's get into our bears. Bold predictions brought to you by green Ridge farm. Uh, I'm excited to see where this goes. I am staying away from a certain someone that I doubled on, doubled down on last week that plays receiver that's brand new to the city of Chicago because that did <laughs> not work out. So I'm going to just throw that to the side for a bit. But what's your Green Ridge Farm bold prediction for this Bears-Falcons Week 11 matchup? Yeah, look, Justin Fields has done a lot of amazing things so far in his young NFL career. Most rushing yards in a game by a quarterback in the regular season. Most rushing yards in a five-game span by a quarterback in the Super Bowl era. But he hasn't had a 300-yard passing game yet, Will. But that's not until Sunday against the Atlanta Falcons, where in his previous career high is 291 yards Monday Night Football against Pittsburgh. But you you mentioned some of the stats, and I'll reiterate some of them. The Falcons have given up the most passing yards in the NFL, second highest completion percentage. They're, they're only thir- they only have 13 sacks, which is 31st in the NFL. They allow opposing teams to to allow their quarterbacks to do good things. And look, you can look at the last game, like PJ Walker only threw for 108 yards. They still got the win. That's maybe the exception. But other than that, opposing teams have been able to go against this Atlanta Falcons defense and throw all over them. And what more, it wouldn't be, it would be more, it would just be fitting to see Fields go back to his home state and light up the Atlanta Falcons defense through the air. You can do it through his legs. We all know that. But to see that happen also through the air from him, that's going to be my bold prediction. His first 300-yard passing game comes against this Atlanta Falcons defense. All right. I love the confidence and honestly is. About damn time for him to have a game like that through the year. Like you said, he's been close. Uh, I would mm-hmm. love to see that one come to fruition. I was just upset because, you know, it took him a while to get to like a, his first ever game of like 100 plus passer rating. And then he had it in back to back weeks for the first time in his career. And he had a chance to go back to back to back and he missed it by like 0.6. It was like a 99.4 because of that stupid interception that slipped because <laughs> the guy, it was just like, really? Uh, but anyway, I'll, I'll digress. My bold prediction uh, is actually the number three uh, is coming back. You had 300 yards. I'm going with three rushing touchdowns, which doesn't sound bold, but it's for one from Fields, one from Montgomery, and one from Trusted Ebner. So Ebner getting into the end zone, I think, would have been bold by itself. But I'm going to just lump all these together once the Bears get into the red zone. 
but ground and pound, lean in that running game like they have all year, and we'll see three different Bears across the plane for a score here this week, including the rookie Ebner, who's stepping up in place of Khalil Herbert. I like it, Will. Uh, we've, uh, I don't know, our percentage of bold predictions, maybe as of recently, when we both got it one time, and then, you know, last week we were off. But this is, it's going to be a trend here. We're off, we're on, we're off, we're on. So hopefully our bold predictions come true on Sunday. But I have to tell you more a little bit about Green Ridge Farm. And what do we got? That is <laughs> got the, uh, the wins prediction. But that's you all right, You don't Will. have to read it. No, no, we don't. We don't. Uh, I'm going to read Green Ridge Farm and what, what it's all about. It's a Chicago local meat and cheese company that offers a better all-natural option. Green Ridge Farm are the makers of all-natural deli meat, sausages, and their famous meat sticks. Perfect for tailgating, happy hour, and school lunches. Also have 16 grams of protein per stick. Perfect for a post-workout snack. And you can find them at your, your local Costco, Sam's Club, your local Chicago Land grocery store. And right now, when you order any three meat products at GreenRidgeFarm.com and include a pack of the meat sticks in your cart, guess what happens, Will? Guess what happens? Those meat tell sticks me, tell me, tell me. will be free simply by using code CHGO at checkout. Go check them out. Uh, everything they have there, super delicious food. If you've been to one of our tailgates recently, you would know Green Ridge Farm, all the great products they have there. So go check out GreenRidgeFarm.com. I talked about this on the After Dark on Monday, but I took one of those jalapeno sausages from the tailgate Ooh. and I walked to Soldier Field. And as we know, it was pretty chilly on Sunday morning, but it was like the right amount of heat to kind of keep me warm as I was walking to the stadium, but not nearly overpowering. I didn't have any water or anything to drink with me and it didn't matter. It was just like slightly warm, but then like those bites with a pop of cheese, Nick, like, mm-hmm. oh, oh my God, like definitely check out Green Ridge Farms because it's just delicious stuff all the way around and, I just want to let you know about our ticketing partner uh, that I'm excited to be uh, you know, a partner with. And that is Game Time because they are the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. Have you ever dreamed of sitting in a seat that you thought you never could? The 50-yard line? Yes, please. Courtside? Absolutely. Behind home plate? I never have. I mean, I'm definitely going mm-hmm. to one of these days. Four seats at a concert? It's all possible with the Game Time app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats that you thought you could never buy. And again, you won't find a better deal this season on the Bears. Definitely check it out if you want to go see a game before this season's over. And Game Time, they were created by the fans, for the fans, and they guarantee the lowest price. And you love CHGO, you're going to love Game Time. And the best way to support us here is just by buying your tickets through the link in our description here on YouTube and in your podcast player. Join over 15 million people who have downloaded the Game Time app and score the best seats to all your favorite events. All righty. Let's keep it rolling, Nick. We gave our bold predictions. We gave our keys to success. And now it's time to figure out what the heck are the X factors here this week. And Nick, what is your Bears-Falcons X-Factor? Yeah, well, and you really touched on this, but it's going to be pressure on Marcus Mariota. I think just the guy does too much when when he's under pressure. There were times in that Carolina Panthers game where he's rolling outside the pocket and he's trying to find a receiver downfield and he's putting the ball in harm's way, right? And he only ended that game with one interception in the 25-15 to 15 loss to the Panthers. But realistically, there were about three or four passes that should have been picked off. And Marcus Mariota is going to do that in a game just because, it, like you mentioned, like he's already spoke to the media saying, like, 
Uh, you know, he just he can be a little careless with the football, but it should have been more in that game. And when you have a guy like Eddie Jackson, who hasn't had a pick in, in a couple of weeks here, but that's all right. I think this is a perfect quarterback to kind of get back on that, that turnover train here and just allow a lot of these DBs to, to potentially get uh, a turnover in this game. But pressure on Marcus Mariota will help cause those things to happen. And that's going to be on that. Whether the Bears bring pressure or organically try to do it with their four, bring the pressure on Mariona, and then we'll see what happens. Not going to happen. They have not proven that whatsoever, Nick. But I, I agree, and I'm glad that you went back to some of my keys that I was talking about a bit ago. My X Factor, similar but different. It's just a turnover differential here. Mm. And it's not a shock because after that pick six towards the end of last week, I, I feel like this is just more of a buzz kind of thing than other weeks and you know it's been an extra emphasis area for the bears in practice all week long as i mentioned though fields has been protecting the ball better uh, as a passer that's appreciated the falcons have two or more turnovers in five games this year uh but they've also forced two or more turnovers in four games including two games where they forced three takeaways on defense so the bears do need to make sure they're practicing ball security in this game nick it may move really really fast if both teams kind of stick to their status quo of ground and pound you know, all game long because both of them are top of the league in running attempts per game the bears are number one and the falcons are the fourth most rushing team in the nfl so if you thought that last week's game moved fast especially in the first half which i thought it was going mm -hmm. crazy fast is we're probably in for a very similar game here this week possessions they were tough to come by in the first half last week and I, I think that could happen again here against the falcons and when that happens it makes each and every possession just more precious and more important. You must take care of the football, and you can't give your opponent freebies. And on the Bears' defense, it's been two weeks since they've gotten a takeaway. It's the first two-game drought of the year. They had five takeaways in their first five games, and they only have five takeaways in their last five games. But four of those five came against the Patriots, which means the Bears have only had mm -hmm. one other takeaway in the other four games combined. And the Bears offense, Nick, as we know, red hot, red hot, scoring 29 or more points in every single game over the last four. Just imagine what that number could have been if the Bears would have been getting some extra possessions on offense through that defense coming away with turnovers and takeaways. So for me, just the turnover differential, protecting the football, and, and to get back to those takeaway uh, you know, attitude on defense, I know you don't have Robert Quinn, you don't have Roquan Smith. That does hurt a, a little bit, but the Bears do need to find it as part of you know the T in hits anyway, like you want to win that turnover battle. So I think it's going to be very important here in a game like this. No doubt about it, Will. And again, we need to see some of this hits principles actually come to fruition here. And that's a big part of it, the turnovers, regardless of who you have out there. If you put yourself in position as a defender, hey, good things happen to people that are doing their assignments right, executing to the you know the full capability of a play, then maybe those turnovers start happening more regularly. All right, let's find out who has the edge here this week. And Nick, I'm going to pass it right back to you because you're first up. You have that Bears passing attack, which I know I had a lot of keys on, versus that Falcons pass defense. Who has the edge this week? Well, we already said a bunch of stats about how poor the Falcons pass defense is. And I know the Bears love to attack opposing defenses on the ground, but this is an opportunity for the Bears passing attack to really come alive. So I'm giving this edge to the Bears. Uh, I think, like I said earlier, Luke Getze 
should have this offensive playbook open. Whatever he wants to do, try it out in this game. There were opportunities even in the Carolina Panthers game that that played the, the Falcons last week where, you know, P.J. Walker's just missing on some big opportunities. There's a flood concept that they have, and Walker tries to throw the the deep route uh, on the, you know, on the out route there where the, the intermediate route's wide open. I'm like, Justin hits that play. Justin knows exactly where to go with it. So there's opportunities against this Falcons defense to pass all over them. So I'm giving this edge to the Bears. All right, we got one edge for the good guys. I'm up next with the Bears rushing attack versus that Falcons run defense. Okay, I, I know there's no Khalil Herbert, but the Bears are just the cream of the crop on the ground. You know, Herbert's loss, I mentioned, it means a lot. But I'm optimistic that it's not enough to give, you know, the Falcons team an edge, uh, a team that gives up over 160 yards rushing per game over the last three weeks. The edge. I'm not going to overcomplicate this. We have Justin Fields, who is breaking records of what he's been able to do with his legs. We have David Montgomery, who's still a very capable back. I'm not too worried. So I'm going to give the Bears the edge here. That, that makes sense, Will. That's what I would have gone had I gotten that one, but I didn't. And actually, I have the, the Falcons rushing attack versus the Bears rush mm -hmm. defense, Will. And look, the Bears are 26 in rush DVOA. Atlanta's eighth in rushing offense DVOA. Uh, the rookie, uh, Tyler Algier out of BYU, is doing, I think, doing some good things for the Falcons. And, you know, it's like a, it's a running back committee approach that they kind of have there in Atlanta. You also have throwing Cordell Patterson. And they love to run the football almost as much as the Bears. They are right behind them in rushing attempts. 328 for the Falcons, 360 for the Bears mm -hmm. this season. So they like to run the football. They want to keep this ball out of Mariota's hands. So I'm going to go with the Atlanta Falcons on this one. Until the Bears can show me that they can stop an opposing rushing offense, I'm not going to pick them. And I know they did a better job against Detroit, but I'm going to pick the Atlanta Falcons because I know that's a team that wants to run the football just like the Bears do. All right. So it's two to one. So far, the Bears have the edge. I'm, I'm last here. Falcons pass attack versus that Bears pass defense. Nick, this one is trickier than I thought it would be when I got to it in my notes here last night and this morning. And the more I thought about it, unfortunately, I am going to give the edge to the Falcons here. And it's not because I fear their passing attack. I mentioned keys to how you can really, how you almost want them to pass the football. You'd rather them throw the ball than stick it, you know, stick to the run game. It's just my lack of trust in the Bears pass defense right now. Fifth most passing yards allowed over the last three weeks. The second highest yards per completion allowed at 12.7. And the Bears have allowed the highest passer rating in the same span at 122. It's just been bad. And I know that, you know, Jalen Johnson has been a little hobbled and that's not going to help things. But just to put it in perspective, you know, I'm on Ross St. Brown. He caught 10 of 11 targets for 119 mm -hmm. yards. They had Raymond, a, a guy that, you know, it's just like a slot guy, not a real special player. He went three for three for 47 and Kennedy went one for two for the big 44 yard gain. It's just, it just, it hasn't been good. And it all stems back to the issue that we harped on earlier. There's just no pass rush quarterbacks. I have all day to pick apart this defense and the coverage hasn't been able to hold up. So for me, the Falcons get the edge, but it's not because the Falcons are good at passing the football or that they want to pass the football or they mm -hmm. will. It's because when they do, the Bears may not be able to hold up just really just due to the lack of pass rush. So it's an even. I think that's two or three weeks in a row where it's when Bears offense gets the edge and then the opponent's uh, offense gets the edge, and which makes sense of how these games have kind of gone with like these high-scoring affairs.
Exactly. That's, I mean, that's how it might be for the rest of the season, Will, because this Bears defense isn't showing that they can stop really anybody. But, yeah, no, how it played out makes sense to me. All righty. Uh, I, we have a couple messages to get to, but then after that, we got some over-unders. We can tell you who we think will be the MVB, who we believe will win, our confidence meter, and then we're going to answer your Bears questions. I see nine questions already queued up for us. If you have a Bears question, and you haven't thrown in the chat yet, whip it in there, and we will definitely answer it when we wrap up the show here in a little while. But first, I want to let you know about another partner that I'm super excited to have on board here at CGO, a company that I've been a customer for for literally years, and that is Shady Rays. And Shady Rays never understood why sunglasses were so damn expensive, and they set out to change it. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered shady rays are premium polarized shades they feature world-class optical clarity substantial durability and styles catered to everyone in every lifestyle i know when we got partnered with them and we're browsing like their glasses like i was just very impressed with like all the different styles uh, that they have to offer really does cater to everyone and the best part about shady rays and the thing that i love most about them is that they have the most insane protection program in all of eyewear which is lost in broken replacements if you lose or break your shades on day one 10 100 whatever they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Dropped off a lake, uh, dropped off a lake, dropped in a lake, dropped off a cliff, anything, they will replace them. And as I mentioned, every time, I just want to make sure I reiterate, like if you support Shady Rays, they do a lot of good in the world because they provide 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every single order placed on their site. They have donated over 20 million meals to date and i think as we enter like the holiday season it's just a really important time to start taking mm -hmm. care of some others here uh, around the world as well as uh, here in america so exclusively for our listeners shady rays running their deepest deal of the season use our code chgo that gives you 50 percent off two or more pairs at shady rays Dot com. And if you're good at math, that's buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs for as low as $54. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com, where you can find all of their newest and best shades. Love it, Will. I have to tell everybody about DraftKings, Kairos, and I'm going to give you a, a scenario here. Just listen what happens here. Cairo Santos is lining up for an onside kick. The chances of regaining possession are slim. The stakes are high, and the tension is higher. Your pulse racing. He kicks and you watch as the ball lands. Make every play feel this exciting with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL and their unbeatable offers. Right now, new customers can make any $5 NFL bet and get $200 in free bets if your team wins. And check this out. In addition to the usual bets, everyone can boost their winnings with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. If you want cash, if you want to cash in on that two hundred dollar free bet, as much as it pains me to say it, I I put my money on the Packers tonight in Thursday night football. They had a rebound game against the Cowboys, so hey, that's if they give you two hundred free bucks, I guess you can thank them there. But look, you first have to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code CHGO to get those two hundred free dollars in free bets. If your team wins, just place a $5 bet on any football game only at DraftKings Sportsbook using code CHGO. All right. This is the CHGO Bears podcast. We are previewing this Bears week 11 matchup against the Atlanta Falcons. And it's time to play over under. Opened up the DraftKings app as Nick requested. And let's play 
some over-unders. So the very first thing that we are going to do, unfortunately, Nick, this week, as of right now, there aren't any player props uh, available. I don't know if it's just because like they have no idea what to expect with these defenses or anything, but we will just work the best that we can. So what about the weekly special? Would you hit on the weekly special? So it's 100-plus rushing yards from fields and one rushing touchdown. It's combined. It gets you a plus 450. Seems pretty straightforward to me with how Justin's been going. Yeah, with how he's been playing, for any other quarterback, that would be out of the question. But for him, that's that's very doable, Will. Um, especially if, like I said, you can tack the edges on this Falcons defense. And once Fields gets loose, we know he can do in the open field. Man, I wish there were some player props here. Uh, Atlanta Falcons total team touchdowns. Nick two and a half. I'm I'm gonna say over. Yeah, over. What and the Bears is at two and a half, right? On, it on, is for, for them. Yeah, Justin's had four touchdowns himself the past two games. Like you're taking the over on that all day. Yeah, no, you really are. What about total points for the Bears at twenty three and a half? I'm still saying over. I'm saying over as well. The well I'm surprised they really don't have any player props. I, I know it's, it's Thursday. I don't know if it's, it's Thursday. They should they should be on there, but I won't complain. What about for the Falcons? Their line's 26 and a half. Uh, 26 and a half? Mm-hmm. I'm going under Tricky. on that. I'm, I'm, going I'm under, under two. We'll, yeah. we'll give our final score prediction soon. That's why I like doing player yeah, props, because yeah. it starts to like get you know get in the way here a, a little bit. What about game parlays uh let's say i'll just like pick one randomly here what about the bears to cover the spread at plus three and a half and the total score of the game goes over 48.5 I-, I like that that seems again like that's could easily be a thing that happens that's at plus 235 would you do that one uh yes yes i would i'm trying to see what what i have this predicted at in the below but yes i, I would do that well what about cordero patterson is a touchdown score uh, so i made a prop bet with cordero Patterson and scoring a touchdown mm. he didn't uh end up doing that for me i know he's got five touchdowns on the year and it just wasn't it just so happened that he didn't get one in the game i bet on him uh but i won't take that this week okay all right uh, there we go that's that's all i'm gonna do i feel like i'm stretching and i don't want to <laughs> it's over unders and i'm like I'm, there's not really overs or unders for us to really hit on so i'm just gonna move on because i'm excited about who I chose or who I predicted will be the most valuable bear uh, when this game's all said and done. So to get into our MVB predictions, I'll start to sing off. Cause like I said, I'm excited. I'm going with Jack attack Sanborn over here because the Falcons, they're going to oh, run yeah. it a ton. We've mentioned it. They run the ball, the fourth most in the NFL and they have four capable ball carriers. So just with that, Sanborn, he's going to lead the team in tackles yet again. Hopefully notch a few for a loss. Get another key sack or two if they want to send him off the blitz, which I thought he looked pretty effective at being an extra rusher here last week. But, and again, the obvious one is Justin Fields. I believe Justin Fields is the MVB every single week. It's been blatantly obvious. So we're trying to find other players who can be at least in worthy contention or maybe – Maybe this is like MVB two. Like who is like in second place? Because mm-hmm. we always know it's JF one uh, at the end of the day. But I think Jack Sanborn is in line for another big day statistically. And if the Bears succeed on defense, he'll be a big part of that too. What about you, Nick? What is your MVB other than Justin Fields prediction? Yeah, one A. So here's the one B. We both go defense here. Well, I'm going with Justin Jones. I, I think that someone on the 
this Bears defensive line needs to step up. He was somebody that had a couple flash plays against the Detroit Lions last week, and I think there's a good opportunity for him to do that against the Atlanta Falcons. And like you mentioned, they're going to run the football. That's what you know Atlanta has been doing all season, and he could be a big part of trying to prevent that from happening, also getting pressure on a Marcus Mariota. I mentioned the matchup that I like. Uh, Colby Gossett, their, their left guard, number 66. So maybe this will be an opportunity for Justin Jones to show why the Bears went out and got him to be that three tech after obviously Ogunjobi didn't work. But still, he's the <laughs> one who's playing that position now. And this is a good opportunity to cement himself as, you know, a, a, a good player on this Bears defense and to take advantage of that matchup I was just talking about. But we both go defense for our 1B, realistically, 1B MVBs. <laughs> 1B MVB, what a mouthful. And we both went interior defense at that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, you know, and I, I look, we, I mean, we could try to predict offensive players other than Justin. It just keeps getting more difficult. Maybe, maybe Dave, I saw David Montgomery in here from Turtle 5 on. Like, that's a good one. I like that a lot. With Herbert going down, you have uh, Montgomery step up. But, yeah, going the other side of the ball this time. If I went offense I guess I would just would have just kept rolling on the Comet train and kept that moving right. because it's been unstoppable. Uh, that I'll, I'd, I'd go Darnell Mooney. Um, I know okay. I think I said that last last week, but yeah, it didn't work out. And again, going back to one of my keys on offense, like spread the wealth. Like we don't mm-hmm. like let's find ways to not only go through those guys through the air. I love them stepping up and being a big part of the passing game, but they can be a big part of the passing game and have other players be contributors. So that's what I'm hoping for here this week. All right, Nick, let's get to our game picks. We have, well, I almost said we have, and I almost said my final score. I don't know what the hell I was trying to get to here, <laughs> but anyway, we have picks and that we have made, I guess you're up first. Who wins and why? Okay, here's what I don't expect to happen on Sunday. Justin Fields to throw a pick six. The Bears to be penalized nine times for 86 yards. Cairo Santos to miss an extra point. Jalen Johnson, if he's healthy, to get outplayed by a wide receiver that isn't on his level. I don't expect all that to happen on Sunday against a very beatable Atlanta Falcons team. So I have the Bears winning this one 28-20. Again, all those reasons I just said, I don't think they happen again, Will. I I really don't. And, you know, at some point, the refs are going to stop making bogus calls on the Bears. At some point, it's going to happen. But the Bears also have to be good about not putting them in a position to be penalized themselves. And again, Justin said he was never going to make that mistake again. I don't know if that's going to quite happen, but I just don't think it's going to happen this week where he throws another pick six coming to play in his home state of Georgia. So I'm going Bears 28-20. to I feel like he didn't mean like he won't never throw a pick six again. I think like how that one unfolded because it was a little odd. And, you know, mm-hmm. I think he's saying like, I won't make that specific mistake again, which sure. I, I think I think that is what he was trying to say. And I'm going to have faith that that won't happen again. So I also have the Bears winning. I have 31-24, which is, you know, very similar to what I thought was going to happen last week. And Mm -hmm. really what it comes down to is just making one stop, you know, finish the game and both teams, as we've kind of alluded to throughout this entire episode, like they're likely to score points and the bears, they've been scoring in bunches, but their defense has been giving up a ton of points too. And that's why we're on a three game losing streak, despite scoring 30 plus points every single week. And I just hope that this team makes the one stop needed to hold on to the lead here this time. If you have a two score lead entering the fourth quarter, don't allow it to get squandered. It's really coming down to finishing 
the game, which is why we put it in the headline of this episode here, Nick. But there's all the reasons why I think the Bears can succeed on offense. I mentioned what I think they should do on defense. I don't think I need to reiterate any of that, but it really just comes down to execution, discipline, and finishing. That's what it comes down to, Will. And we'll see if the Bears have learned from last week and are able to make those things happen on Sunday against the Falcons. Yeah, I don't know where you're trying to get confidence in, though, about uh, the refs trying to call, you know, a little bit more even game. I think that's, you know, a little bit optimistic considering how things have gone. But hey, at least we're on the road and maybe they're favoring favoring these road teams because the Bears, you know, getting mm. screwed the way they have have been the home team uh, of all teams, which is still it's 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 just fr- now I'm just pissed off again. So thanks uh, to remember <laughs> all of that. But I'm gonna take a deep breath and we'll move on. So let's get into our confidence meters here this week. I know we both have the Bears winning, but how confident are we that they'll actually be the case? I I'm at a five point five. It's and again, it's like I feel like the Bears can win. I can see ways that this Bears team loses just with all of the just the. I don't know. It's everything we've seen over the last few weeks. Those themes, they just keep popping up mistakes, unable to finish the defense being uh, allowing teams to just throw up and down the field. It's, it hasn't been overly pretty on that side of the ball. By the same time, I feel really good about this bears offense. It's literally like, I feel like every single bears game is a coin toss. It's just a matter of which way the coin falls. And uh, unfortunately for the bears, it's been on the wrong side over the last three weeks, but it doesn't mean it's going to happen uh, yet again, but yeah, I'm, I'm somewhere right in the middle. Okay, well, I'm I'm just above you there at, at a six for the confidence mirror that the Bears can pull off this victory. Like I said, there were just some, I don't know, strange things that, that happened in that game, but I just feel like that when it's all said and done, the Bears will learn from the mistakes that were made last week against Detroit. They should have won that game well. They really should have. Fields is not going to you know make that pick six happen again uh, in terms of he's going to know exactly how to approach that situation if it does happen you know, the extra point, that game could have gone to overtime easily. It should have been in overtime. And we don't know how that would have ended. But I just feel like the Bears can go on the road and, you know, pull off a victory. The last time they were on the road, was it was Dallas. They got blown out. The last time before that, it was New England. And they blew them out. So it's yep. like, it's a very, the Bears are an interesting team, man. Like, they can, they show that they can play a complete game. And they show the complete opposite of that. So hopefully they're on the right track here. All three phases come to play, and we we see what they're capable of doing against, like I said, a very beatable Atlanta Falcons team. Yep, the the opponent's beatable. The Bears are beatable. It, it makes for uh, some interesting football, to say the least. All right, so that's really it for our preview. Let's get into some fan questions that came in uh, throughout this live chat and you know i i see still the super chat up there about the last of us game uh, and i wanted to mention that i bought the game on my ps4 years ago and i started the game and then literally two days later we brought in aj to live with us and you know he wanted Mm -hmm. to be with me and that just wasn't he was four and that was not an age appropriate game to be playing around a four-year-old who just moved into my house so it kind of got shoved into like some you know compartment and i totally forgot it existed and i owned it until literally that super chat came up I'm like wow i've literally installed the game on it years ago and i don't even have the ps4 anymore but installed the game years ago started it and that is about it but i've heard it's good and i'm sure you're gonna like encourage me to just throw it in my ps5 and finish that thing oh yeah you definitely should will it's a fantastic game and uh man i might try to play it again but i, I have some other games i need, need to play right now 
<laughs> uh, Drew TV mentioned our, you know, your sick jacket. He likes my sick hat with the Justin Fields customization. Appreciate you, uh, you know, pumping up my attire. Feel good about it here. Uh, Mike Watts, we have a question about the game, uh, about Atlanta being, you know, the worst pass defense. You know, do we believe Fields will pass more in this game and give him a chance to rest his legs? I mean, that was one of my keys, like almost mm-hmm. verbatim, uh, that I wanted the Bears to air it out to allow him to grow as a passer, develop uh, as a thrower in this league, get some of those extra reps and give those, quote, heavy legs uh, a rest. So I hope so. I just don't know like if it'll actually come to fruition, even if they call the plays, like will the protection hold up, even if the Falcons don't have a good pass rush, can the Bears actually protect fields and give him a pocket to work with, or is he gonna have to like buy some time and then usually he finds an open lane and makes a big play happen on the ground? What are your thoughts, Nick? Will it actually happen? There's there's a lot of variables there, right? They come into the passing attack and what the Bears are capable of doing, but there's opportunities to really light up this Falcons defense. And it's not to say that's going to happen because we see the matchups are in their favor, what they've done statistically throughout the season. But this is a good opportunity. Like I said, indoors, Getsy, Justin Fields, just, you know, bringing out their 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 best kind of game plan that they've had in the passing. And this is a good opportunity to do it. You have Chase Claypool another week uh, getting acclimated to the offense. Hopefully we'll see him more than 19 snaps too in this game. So there's opportunities, Will. So I, I like the opportunity for fields to really air it out in this game. All right, let's get into the next question here. Uh, and it comes from Daniel wanting to know if the bears can rush Mariota. Uh, he is more mobile than the other quarterbacks that the bears have really played so far. Will they go for or blitz? I know I gave some very strong opinions about this and really if they rush them, it's still very important to maintain the edge, have that integrity. And if you're going to beat them on the edges to attack that outside shoulder, don't allow him to roll around you and get easy yards to the outside. But what would you like to add about that? What do you think is going to happen? Do you think they get aggressive and blitz or do you think it's status quo with Alan Williams uh, in company right now? Well, Maddie Rufloos said they need to get creative when it starts to bring pressure, and they tried to do that with Kyler Gordon on the edge. He couldn't finish the play against Jared Goff. Now, this is a more elusive quarterback, like you were just mentioning, Will. So I think the Bears will, you know, put wrinkles of, you know, bringing extra maybe five and maybe that being a nickel like Kyler Gordon. So I do think they do that. It's going to be on the players, though, to actually finish these plays because I saw way too much of that not happening against Detroit. But I do think there will be opportunities for – Al Williams to call up a blitz and to it'll be right there for whoever it is to execute it, but it just comes down to the final execution of the play. All right. Timothy wants to know if we can see Velas being used in the ground game. I think this is a very interesting question. Uh, will Velas be active? I think should be the very first question mm-hmm. with Khalil Herbert out. I do think he would be in line to be activated again as a kick returner because his issues really were returning punts. Like that's where a lot of his issues kind of stem from kick returner is a little bit of a different story, which he has a lot more experience with like from his collegiate career, than punt returning only one year returning punts. Uh, So I think he'll be active. Uh, I know in the off season, Ryan Poles even doubled down on this comparison of Debo Samuel. Obviously like they've used Bayless as like a, like a guy that goes in motion and can take handoffs or like little pop passes, extension of the ground game. We've seen that. But do you think you'll actually see him used in a ground game this week? It's hard for me to feel confident considering he's had a hard time just becoming active on game days right now. 
Well, really quickly, Matty Rufus was saying what he does well as a player. He mentioned gadget plays, end arounds, jet sweeps. Those are all things that you can easily get the ball into Velas's hands and where he's not going downfield and actually running routes. But the injury to Herbert does give an opportunity to have Velas because that special team value as well. But being used in the ground game, maybe we do see that. But yeah, we, we just got to see if he's active really on Sunday. All right. Well, any this is from Daniel as well. Will any of the waiver pickups from Leatherwood to Taco get any playing time? I'm not holding maybe my breath. Taco, maybe. maybe Taco, but not not Leatherwood on on uh, Sunday. Uh, Drew wants to know how your workout routine was this week. Uh it was fine. It could have been better, but it was fine. Uh, <laughs> we have, we have next week to bounce back. There we go. Brandon uh, H wanted to know like uh, the length of contracts for undrafted free agents because Sanborn, uh, I think, is the big one right here. Uh, how long can we keep him before he'll require a new contract? So I was looking that up because I saw that question coming earlier. So Sanborn's contract was a three-year contract. So after this season, he is under contract for two more years. I'm assuming for like a priority undrafted free agent, that's relatively standard. And then some of the other guys that are more on that tryout training camp basis are probably those one and done sort of guys, but luckily for the Bears, Sanborn is under contract through 2024. Got their uh, maybe future linebacker there. If he keeps playing how he's playing. Uh, honestly, I know I mentioned it on the pregame. Like I don't see him as like a perennial Pro Bowler, and then he goes out there and gets 12 tackles and has a you know an interception that should have counted, and it gets me excited that he can develop to be a quality starter here in the Bears mm -hmm. uh, for this defense. Uh, Daniel has one more question about um, how are the Falcons always staying so close to their opponents because they aren't really strong either side. It is weird. I, I will give you that because all their games are close. It's kind of like the Bears, right? Like they're mm -hmm. close, but they're on the wrong side of uh, some of these. What do you think it is, Nick? I, I just feel like I, I, they just stick around. Like they do a good enough job to hang in these games, but when it comes to crunch time execution, they fall apart. Like their offense to me specifically can either get hot or really cold. And that can change in a dime. Like they can have a hot first quarter and then just fall apart for the remainder of the game. And then maybe start picking some things up in garbage time. But that's just kind of like what I've seen. Anything you wanted to add? Yeah, just real quickly too. You look at the second half of that Falcons Panthers game and you know, they only allowed one touchdown uh, scoring drive for the Panthers in that whole second half. So it's it's their ability to adjust, I think, at, at some points throughout the game. And, you know, when you can hold a team to only one touchdown and a half, and you're going to get you're gonna end up being a lot closer than you were to start the game. But, yeah, kind of like that um, mental toughness uh, that, uh, that see, Matty Rufus talks about. Real quickly, two questions from Turtle5. On uh, wants to know if we traded down, say the Bears have a top eight pick, how far would you go down? I say middle of the first round. Uh, depends on what the trade value is. Heck, if you get an extra first rounder the following year, I know the Eagles did that a couple of years ago. Honestly, play the long game, get yourself some extra first round picks. And last mm -hmm. question was, what's the rushing record in Mercedes-Benz Field? And what I see from the Mercedes-Benz Stadium here on Pro Football Reference, only 146 yards, which came from Alvin Kamara on January 9th of Ooh. 2022. So Justin could potentially take Break that down. one for himself but nick really good stuff here i know we got to get going for another show the cubs show to kind of begin here on our channel again the diehard package is now available on our website go check it out free t-shirt when you sign up plus every single year renewal 20 percent off all chgo merch always anytime 20 percent off all events tailgates watch parties 
takeovers at games, exclusive merch. You get a physical diehard card, a lot of good stuff by becoming a diehard over on allcshow.com. Hope you appreciate, uh, appreciate the preview and enjoyed it as much as I love hosting this episode. We will see you after this Bears game on the post game show. But until then, have a great weekend. And of course, bear down, Chicago.